Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Back once again with the ill behaviour. This is the Man the Post podcast. This isn't producer Ross. This is a director Adam. <laughs> um, but joining me, I have got the fabulous Ross. I've been ousted. Hello. The brilliant Colin. Hello there. The superb Tom. Evening. And Liverpool fan Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you still not forgive me for last week, have you? <laughs> we could have been mates. He holds a grudge. <laughs> Right, um, so let's get into it. We're going to give you um, a rundown of all of this weekend's footballing action. We're going to ignore the, the credit card cup, aren't we? Yes. No one really cares. <laughs> um, we'll get straight straight into the biggest game of the weekend that for me was uh, Arsenal-Liverpool. Big game. Thoughts, anyone? Well, let's go and start with Chris, shall we? I didn't see it, to be honest with you. I got it paused when I took my kids upstairs to bed and um, I it... accidentally looked at Twitter while I was putting them down, saw we were losing 2-0 and watched Britney instead. <laughs> <laughs> but I did watch it on Match of the Day and I think, to be fair, I think 2-0 was um, the least we deserved. Then you missed the greatest goal ever scored then, according to Twitter. Was so, that Corzola? Uh, Aaron Ramsey's, apparently. Oh, Aaron Ramsey, it, it... Yes. I'll tell you what, was, what I thought was fantastic about Aaron Ramsey's is that he managed to keep that ball down without... Mm. Com- he wasn't coming onto it. He wasn't running onto it. He, it must have been so difficult for him to keep his knee over the ball. Mm. It, it was a fantastic strike to get that and to get that sort of power on it while he's pivoting on his other his um, other foot. It, it was very impressive. His development this season is ridiculous, isn't it? Well, it's not just this season. It's uh, Since he broke his leg, he's obviously had his comeback from that. He's had his loan spell at Forest and... Mm. It says a lot about his mentality that he's managed to get to where he's stayed because I think a lot of players really could have um, uh, thought, well, that's it, that's my career gone or I'm never going to make that great again. And mm. he really could have slid down the league. I think it says a lot about him as an individual, his mentality that he's got back to where he is. I'm really enjoying seeing all the retweets of the Piers Morgans uh, slagging off Ramsey. I, to an extent, I kind of feel a little bit sorry for him. What? Because... <laughs> Because it is easy for you to you can say something now and mm. it could very much be the case. Yeah, I sacked Ross McCormack off last week and he scored two this weekend. It would be like it would be like imagine if someone went back and just started retweeting loads of tweets where you talked about how brilliant Yelovich was in the, mm. that first half season and when every time he missed a chance. But Aaron Ramsey wasn't performing at the time, and I, I'm not saying that. They, Piers Morgan has correct opinions a lot of the time, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it was such a contentious issue, um, an opinion at the time. No. And now it's taken out of context and made to look like he's a complete buffoon. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, some of the things I thought were um, re- really impressive in the game was uh, Thomas Rosicki. I think he's he's such a big game player for Arsenal, and it, it's strange almost. You, 
I don't know. You definitely wouldn't name him if you were naming your first choice Arsenal eleven. I'm not even sure if you'd name him at the moment in, in the second choice. Perhaps the the sort mm. of options they've got in that that midfield. But Wenger obviously has faith in him and uses him, and his his pressing and his work rate, especially high up the pitch, was um was brilliant. And it it seemed like it was almost infectious as well, and it was rubbing off on the rest of the players. And they really did make love. Liverpool. It was a massive and, game for Arsenal because they've had a bad couple of results, haven't they? Dortmund losing to um, in the cup as well. well. They'd lost they'd lost back to back home games, yeah, like you say. Mm. Um, so like, it was an important game. And are people now going to start taking them seriously? Because I still feel that, despite the fact that they're five points clear at the top of the league, that people aren't doing that. Well, over a quarter of the season has been played, hasn't it? It's not. This isn't just a good start for Arsenal. This is a, a good, consistent run. I mean, even Shearer last night on match of the day was refusing to say whether he considered them title contenders or not. He said, "Wait till they played um, United, Chelsea, and Man City to then, you know, then ask me." But to be fair to Arsenal, other than Villa, they beat pretty much who's been put in front of them, and we are now ten games in. Like I said, it's over a quarter of the season. This is more than a good start. This is um, this is a good, consistent run, which, um, if it continues, albeit with maybe the odd sort of flappy results along the way, they have to be considered as contenders. Well, they're currently third and, in the, the betting for winning the title behind Chelsea and City. Correct me if I'm wrong as well, but when Strike Ferguson used to produce teams that won, won titles, he didn't produce teams... He didn't win titles by winning games at Arsenal or Liverpool or... Um, Chelsea. He won games by winning all the other games. Yeah, beating everyone else, yeah. winning the big. The only thing, the topper, wasn't it? The only thing yeah, to I, say about that is there a, an Olivia Giroud injury away from Nicholas Bentner. <laughs> Podolski be back soon. They're fine. Yeah, that's massive for them. I also thought that the halftime switch from Brendan Rodgers to four four two was also very peculiar. It meant that for the first time we got to see the SAS and Coutinho on the pitch. Um, frankly, they didn't really deliver. No. But statistically, they were better second half. <laughs> Scoreline wise, not so much. But... It, meant, it, it, it meant that they conceded any any chance they had of of um, controlling the game in midfield because they were they were a man down mm. and. Stephen Jarrett's not going to be the most most disciplined midfield player in there in, anyway. In, if you're playing well. midfield two, or all very fair points, and <laughs> and I felt that it did it forced Liverpool to play a lot more direct, which wasn't necessarily a bad thing when they're chasing the game. But once they conceded the second goal, they were, it was ruined really. Just from my point of view, I think that Arsenal deserve a huge amount of credit, a lot more credit than I think they're actually getting for this result. I think this was a massive game for Arsenal sort of really prove a point and lest we forget they were up against perhaps the the best attacking duo in the Premier League with Suarez and Sturridge and, and managed to not only win but to keep a clean sheet I think I think that's an important thing um, but for me perhaps I, I think that maybe Liverpool didn't really help themselves um, I know that Glenn Johnson isn't fit but uh, they threw Flanagan into the first team Um as a fullback, and and I, I question whether that's the right decision. Um, I think I think his last match uh, was under Kenny Dalglish, um, so he's been out for a while. 
Um, and talk about a baptism of fire. You know, it's <laughs> you know coming up against the light of Ozil. Yeah, just measure Ozil to Mark. Easy. Well, he was on loan last season, um, Flanagan was. And one thing I don't quite understand is they sent Andre Wisdom out on loan this season to, to Derby Liverpool have. And of the two, I'd rather have Wisdom there. But, of course, Agger was on the bench as well, wasn't he? He didn't play. Yeah. Does, does Wisdom not play left-back, though? Does he? That's <laughs> <laughs> all the same, isn't it? Just kick him with both feet on the other side of the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought the other in, um, interesting thing for Arsenal... For the last couple of games, has also been the performances of Snesny because he. Mm. A lot of Arsenal fans have got bad words to say about him. Don't rate him. Wanted another goalkeeper, but I thought yesterday, despite his his moment when he passed the ball straight to to, to um, Sturridge, but got away with it. He was he was brilliant. He made some fantastic saves. Is it because he's got a, a like a challenger now with the uh, the Italian goal that they brought in on loan? Well, I, I've <clears throat> me and my friends, Arsenal fan, have been talking about the fact that the the effect that the signing of of Ozil could have on the whole team. Mm. You have players who all of a sudden think, right, this is serious now. I've got to step it up. I'm just, uh, yeah, shit, he's good to a level. If if maybe it's there's just that something's clicked there, and and Chesney's now thinking, I can't be. Dicking about because mm. if I, I can't have all these players playing brilliantly in front of me and us lose games or drop points because of a mistake I've made and I need to be on the top of my game, perhaps also the the um, the arrival of Arthur Boric on the international scene has also given him an extra push because he's now being challenged for his spot in the the Polish team. Yeah, Boric then first. He's been in and out, isn't he? He's hardly consistent. Got beaten by a goalie yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> just, just one point from me as well is uh, I don't know if anybody else agrees with me. Is uh, one thing I took from the game was um, I remember when Suarez was one on one with the keeper, and uh, it took a shot, and it, you know, the keeper saved it. But uh, Daniel Sturridge was there with his arms out, you know, for a good like five to ten seconds, as in saying, yeah. "Why didn't you pass to me? Why didn't you pass to me?" First of all, I don't think. There was a real. It would have been a very, very difficult pass to make. But secondly, I question his attitude for doing that. When when you you do that and send that sort of message publicly on the field to a player of Suarez's quality, um, if I was Rogers, I'd give him a bit of a dressing down for that. I wouldn't like to see him do that to an England player, for example, to like a Wayne Rooney in an England match. Um, just just a thought. That's all. If the two players were two players swap positions. Exactly the same thing would have happened. Yeah, exactly. Sturridge would have shot, and Suarez would have moaned at him. Yeah. So I don't. <laughs> also, on um, in Saturday's games, there was two managers very much under pressure for their jobs in um, Martin Yole and um, Chris Hewton. And that, how did Norwich get on, Colin? <laughs> oh dear! Brilliantly. <laughs> well, what 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 can you say? What can you say? <laughs> I... First of all, Chris Hewton, I hope everybody just wipes this one out as one bad result. Dead man and walking. Just, I, I, I just hope, for his sake, they just say, right, OK, it's Manchester City. Let's forget about this one, because otherwise he's in trouble. But it, it was a whitewash. And the, and the thing that stood out for me, Norwich didn't even try. They no, didn't even no, try. 
knowing our luck, one of them or both of them are probably about to get fired now as we're, <laughs> as we're speaking. But they seem to have they seem to have managed to keep their jobs so far. Mm. Seven um, different goal scorers for Man City, or one of them. Yeah, that's Norwich, fantastic. Still, it? I like to see that. But there is every chance that um, that one of them would lose their. It would have been stupid for them to lose their job now, surely, because. Is, is losing to Man City anything less than you expected? Maybe the manner of the defeat, but I don't know. Is that enough? Yeah, they, they, you must have expected to lose to Man City, really. Exactly. But like Colin said, they didn't even look like they were trying a lot of the time. I've just, if I've you just... go into it thinking you're going to lose, then, then you're going to get a performance like that, aren't you? Well, yeah, I suppose. You have to assume, you have to assume you're going to win. Just looking at the, um, at, at the stats now, they had one shot on target, and I don't even remember... <laughs> I don't even remember seeing that on match today, so was it of that little <laughs> note? Well, if Joe Hart was in goal, he would have scored, at least. Ooh. <laughs> that's, a dig. Ooh that's a dig at you, Colin. <laughs> mm. I, uh, I mean, I, I, prior to this podcast, um, some of the guys here, we, we had a conversation and about Joe Hart being dropped by uh, Pellegrini. And uh, I, I, I'd be quite honest with you, I think it's an absolute disgrace. Um, is it because he's English or it, you think he's just that good it's because I think he, a world class goalkeeper has been dropped if he wasn't I mean, a goalkeeper and played elsewhere in the pitch would he be dropped and nobody bat an eyelid the form he's in no he wouldn't have yeah. been really an issue would it he'd been dropped because he's not playing very well exactly. Colin, Colin you're saying that he's world class and he's been dropped and that's why you're unhappy well I just don't understand the decision that's, that's the so, simple fact where was your beef with Mourinho last season? <laughs> yeah, he could see us. Where's your Where's your beef with Ancelotti now? <laughs> well, I, I, that's a different league. That's a different animal. <laughs> I, I think when you're dropping England's number one, I think I think it's a different kettle of fish. I mean, I wouldn't mind, but I think Joe Hart isn't 100% culpable for some of the errors that have happened. I think he's had a consistently fluid defence in front of him. They've been chopping and changing constantly. Um, for the last howler, in inverted commas, I think I'd question Nostalgia as well. Um, I just think that Joe Hart is a, is a brave keeper. He likes to get involved. He's not a keeper to stand on his line. I think he's proactive. I think he comes out. We all see the starfish that he does. Um, I think he gets bored. He wants to get involved with the play. But he's a goalie. You can't do that. It's a good point. It's a good point. I think maybe he does get bored sometimes. He was rushing out, but he's not as quick as uh, Hugo Lloris. So he can't get to these balls. It's not just his his speed, his decision-making. Hugo Lloris' decision-making is immaculate. Yeah. And rapid. Yeah. Whereas... He's doing good sometimes, especially today. Well, that was just a vicious foul. <laughs> Whereas Joe Hart isn't. I'm not saying he hasn't got these skills aren't still very good and above average, but they're not at the highest, highest level. Mm. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on a minute. <laughs> Am I sorry? Is this, is this Joe Hart, who I think is perhaps one of the best goalkeepers in the world? I'd put him in the top five easily. I, I, I don't really? see who. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would. Colin, if he signed for Chelsea in, in the summer, he wouldn't even make their bench. That's nonsense. That is nonsense. Of course he would. I mean, uh, 
to put in perspective, okay, if you compare him like to like to previous English England keepers, I'm sorry, I, I saw David Seaman make a lot of mistakes. I, I saw him get caught out a few times, okay, but 90% of the time he was solid, okay. He didn't get dropped by Arsenal. You know what I mean? They stuck with him. He was their number one. Yeah, they had John Lukic and uh, people like that on the bench. Alex Manninger. Exactly. They didn't have decent <laughs> goalies to come in. <laughs> Who's the best goalkeeper in the world then? Let's have a also, hold, Colin, Colin, did, did David Seaman ever have a consistent period of making mistakes? You could, we could all put together a highlight reel of David Seaman's mistakes, but they're spaced out over 10 years at Arsenal. I can put you can put one together for Joe Hart for the last six months. Yes, but from my point of view, as I've said before, I don't think that he's wholly culpable for some of the errors that have happened at Manchester City. I think they're a Which completely different. Well, hold on, I don't think they're. A, I, I said about the nostalgia thing I, I, in the last howler in inverted commas. I, I I think he, you know, was culpable for that as well. If if you're going to drop Hart, drop him as well. Right. What about the Villa goal? Hmm. Remind me of the Villa goal. The one that was the um, Brad Guzan took the goal kick and um, it bounced straight over the top of everyone, didn't it? And Joe Hart came running out and missed it and um, the Villa player scored. Yeah. The Bayern Munich goals he let in his near post or bounced underneath him. That wasn't his defence. The Zlatan goal where he came rushing out and headed it to a player. Obviously yeah. it was quite a world-class finish, but Head it away from Zlatan. <laughs> That's just general good advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're on the opposition team, don't give it to Zlatan. They're, they're, they're all fair points. I, I just feel that when you've got a big player, especially a goalkeeper, because they're a different animal to other players on the pitch, sometimes when you go through a bad patch, I think they need an arm around them. If I think he was a keeper under other managers, I think they wouldn't have been as quick to sort of dig the boot in. And I wonder if it's a sort of two-fingered salute to, to Joe Hart to from Pellegrini. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, in terms I think of... He's... Sorry, Chris, go on. Oh, no, sorry, I interrupted. Sorry. I think he's got an air of cockiness about him, Joe Hart, and I think this is the sort of thing he needs. I think, perhaps it's just me, but I think he's got a definite air of... Um, I don't know about arrogance, that's probably the wrong thing, but he's very, very sure of himself, which, of course, you need to be in playing in such a position. But at the same time, maybe something like this is just a kick up the arse he needs. Perhaps, but on the flip side of that, who you're a Liverpool fan. Who was your best goalkeeper of all time? I'd argue Bruce Grobelar. Yeah, who was the cockiest man of all time. Right? So I, I like a cocky goalkeeper. I, I do. I think goalkeepers should be like that. And I, and I think if you said to Gary Cahill, Phil Jagielka, who do you want behind you? You know, and if Roy came to him and said, hey, uh, would, would you like me to experiment with Fraser Forster behind you? For, you know, what, get off your... What are you doing, you madman? You know what I mean? Just get Joe in. I, yeah, but Bruce Crobler was cocky because he backed it up. Mm. And Joe Hart isn't at the minute. You mentioned De Fulham as well, Adam, with their uh, yeah, Martin yeah, under pressure. Uh, so yeah, they they also had a three-one defeat to to Manchester United. They weren't able to to score any goals. Uh, Manchester United had to do do all of that for them. <laughs> um, two goals for Wayne Rooney, one in in his net, one in their net. Um, Van Persie and Valencia also scoring. 
pretty They're comfortable, absolutely, wasn't it? Absolutely rampant in the first half. Um, but they were they were on the on the edge, weren't they? There was a lot of decisions there. All three of those goals would would it have been an absolute travesty if any of them had been called as offside? Especially Van Persie's goal for me. He was he was offside. Well, you could tell they were gearing up for some controversy on Match of the Day by mentioning, <laughs> just, just, just mentioning that the uh, linesman had sun in his eyes. I mean, <laughs> that would never get mentioned unless there was some controversial incident coming up, would it? <laughs> you wouldn't just look over, commentators just look over to the linesman after 10 minutes of a game and goes, oh, he's got, he's got sun in his eyes. Yeah. I hope he can see. <laughs> you not setting up a narrative at all. You can see the reads in Match of the Day coming a mile off, can't you? It's like oh, when a why, are they gets show, why are they showing me this player getting booked? Yeah. Oh, that's, that seems a rather boring. <laughs> that that, was, an inno- that <laughs> was an innocuous challenge. It doesn't seem worth showing. Uh, well, it's still better on TV, though. <laughs> um, speaking of... Not, well, not innocuous, but I thought that... That, that scuffle at the end of the Manchester United game is I wonder if that's gonna get looked into because that was vicious. Mm. The the knee dig and then the stamp on Yanazai. That was cowardly. Get their youngest player and do that to him. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't do that to Roy Keane, would you? No. Well no, you wouldn't do it to Van Persie, you wouldn't do it to Rooney, you wouldn't do it to Vidic. Just pick on the young kid over there. That's just disgraceful. Maybe because I don't know if he'll jump up and smack him back. If he does a Rooney, he'll probably chase you down. Exactly. <laughs> and then if he you see after they show him swapping shirts and putting the Man United shirts on. <laughs> he doesn't need to anymore. He's got he's got um, Fellaini as an enforcer. <laughs> That's his job at Man United. Yeah. Bodyguard. I was listening, guys, to 606, and you mentioned Martin Yol. Um the conversation was inundated with Fulham fans saying that Martin Yol should go, uh, much more so than Norwich fans uh, for Chris Hewton. Um, however, not a single Fulham fan could come up with a name of who he should be replaced with. <laughs> and, and I think that's the problem. I mean, I, Chris okay. Coleman is available. <laughs> get, could get him out of that Wales job. <laughs> well, I went beautifully um, last time. From my point of view, I think, I think Fulham should... Hold fire for now with, with mine, y'all. What's Keegan doing? <laughs> well, who's, who's available? Tony Pulis is available. Michael uh, Appleton's always available. <laughs> well, well, well why, why, we're, why we're listing um, available managers is that maybe that gives us an opportunity to look at the Crystal Palace game. Yeah. Uh, they're playing West Brom. Can't comfortably beaten. As you, yeah, they're, they're a shambles, aren't they? Yeah, three points. They looked timid. Games. They looked they looked afraid of the ball, didn't they? I mean, there was a point where Palace were attacking on the edge of the um, the West Brom area. The ball got passed to Shamak, and he just he looked like he was scared of what to do. So he gave the ball straight to Jason Punch, and he had to shoot through about four players. <laughs> and there's another point where the ball was in midfield, and it was kind of a sort of. Maybe a 50-50 or a 60-40 in the West Brom players' favour, but of course you still have to go for it. And the Palace player just sort of slowed down and, and didn't try and get it. And they look like a sort of dead team walking. Look at that Palace when you're one, one to supposed, 11. When you're supposed to star striker in Marouin Shamat, <laughs> that's in inverted commas, um, he's had two shots on target all season, considering he's played most of the game. You're not really going to... Yeah. ...going to create... 
many goal-scoring opportunities. He doesn't want to score, does he? He's not even trying to create opportunities for himself to get on. Spending too much time in his hair. <laughs> I, I've got a slightly different view on that because um, I've heard from a few Palace fans, and they actually quite like Shamak. He's actually doing a good job for the team, but it's just a case of he's in no man's land and he's having to do all the work himself. And what he's doing is he's putting in a shift, but there's there's nothing around him. There's no there's no service. There's no help, um, so I, I don't really know exactly what what Shamak can do, to be honest. Mm. Really many years ago, Palace, many years ago, Palace were in the same situation. Um, I can't remember how long it was, but they went and signed Neil Shipley, who very nearly kept them in. Uh, he started scoring goals for the second half of the season and very nearly mm. kept them in. Maybe it's time when January comes around to sign somebody that. Not necessarily someone from a, a different um, different foreign league, but whether a good quality championship player, someone like Jordan Rhodes, someone like that, someone with a proven goal scoring record that has a chance of keeping them up, that's proven within this country as well, that can play. Yeah, well, there's an Argentinian guy sat on the bench at Norwich who can score some goals, getting the ball in the box, <laughs> <laughs> not doing much football. They are consistent. <laughs> the Premier League for relegation. They're just trying to make it five out of five. Yeah, seven successive league defeats. You can't see where the where the next point's coming from for them at the moment, can you? No. Well, Have they got um, anytime soon? <laughs> <laughs> well, got oh, Everton on the ninth, then Hull, then Norwich could get a win there or a point maybe, and then West Ham. It's not a. It's not the worst run of fixtures, but you can't see them getting any points out of any of them, really. Speaking of speaking of Sunderland, Tom, they had um, another absolutely rousing display, didn't they? <laughs> after their after their big derby win, I, I, what did I do? I, I I fancied them, didn't I? And I tipped them to go on and go on and win the next game. How did that work out for me? <laughs> terribly. Had an interesting absolutely day, didn't they? Terribly. Lee Catamore is a joke of a footballer. He's ridiculous, isn't he? He is, but. I didn't think that was a red card. What? In in today's yeah. laws, that's a red card. Mm. Uh, I, I, I that's right or not. I, I can kind of see the argument about his reputation going ahead of him there. And I, I'm not 100% sure that that was a red card for me. I think, I think that, that a, a yellow wouldn't necessarily have been a... a Absolute crime. The second, however, was probably worth about three red cards. <laughs> that was an absolutely disgraceful, shocking tackle. Yeah, I'm not hey, sure how many wake up calls. Yes, the the camel, the challenge actually broke El Mohammadi's boot. Ah, but what boots? What are they made of nowadays? Oh yeah, they're not very sturdy, are they? <laughs> yeah, he's a this shocking is, this player. This is 1920, Cam- Ross. <laughs> He's a shocking player. This is the third manager to have... Um, three managers so far have, have questioned him. Bruce, Steve Bruce questioned his temperament. O'Neill twice thought about removing the captaincy. Paolo Di Canio did remove the captaincy. I mean, how many wake-up calls does this guy need? It's just a thug. Mm. I don't think he's been having a football. Career. Oh, yeah. I don't, even, I don't see what he brings to the team, let alone uh, be the captain. Mm. But good, good win for Hull, though. Yeah, very good win for Hull. They've had a long um, week, haven't they? After their uh, credit card cup game and penalty shootout. Yeah, that that would drag 
that dragged on, and a lot. Of, I think it was five of the players mm. who played 120 minutes were in the starting lineup on Saturday. So you could have expected that to, to take the toll, and that that was another reason why I backed Sunderland. But when a team's one 0 down from having conceded an own goal, and are willing to have two players sent off half time, you know it's not really going to be your day. Yeah. On the flip side, of that team that won the uh, or that lost the derby last weekend they had a good result, didn't they? They did indeed, yeah. A fantastic result against against Chelsea. Just an interesting stat for Mourinho's never won a league game at St James's Park. Yeah, I find that extraordinary. It's... If you think, like, how many years was it? I think that only equates to like four games. Because mm. obviously, you're going to play at St James's Park once a season. So, and still, that's quite a. That, that Chelsea team first time round were fairly dominant, weren't they? They were, yeah. That, that is that's very true. That I'll be honest with you, that result wasn't a huge surprise to me. I, I remember last week when I was going through my betting corner selection, and, and I thought about Newcastle versus Chelsea, and I identified Man City to beat Norwich, for example, and I thought, yeah, that's safe. And I looked at Newcastle Chelsea, and I thought, you know what, Newcastle are not a bad team. And um, at some point, they're going to show it. And after a bad hiding against Sunderland, you know what I mean? I thought, mm, you know what I mean? At Chelsea, I'm not sure they're going to be able to beat Newcastle. Um, and, and I thought Remy's goal was clinical. I thought it was a great finish. Yeah, did, you, did, did you see Mourinho come out and say that? I made 11 mistakes in picking my Chelsea team up <laughs> in his post-match press conference. Wow. What a damning indictment. Yeah, that is quite a dig to a lot of their players. But um, the, the delivery for the for the first goal from Johan Kabay was just exquisite. Mm, absolutely. It, it was it was undefendable, I'd, I'd say. It was such a good ball. Is that the, the Goufran goal? It was the Goufran goal, yeah. yeah. And then Laura Kremi's finish for the second goal was was equally brilliant. Chelsea went down to two very good goals, in my opinion, and just didn't do enough to to um to show for it in in trying to deliver points. Mm. And to, if you're not going to knock at the door and try and score goals, you're not going to get enough. I wonder if sometimes whether there was a a little bit too much love for their own link-up play. <laughs> yeah. No decisiveness. Yeah, not enough players getting in the box. Mm. And they've they've been punished there. And it as the results keep on going, the Arsenal result just gets bigger and bigger because all the other results seem to be going their way. Yeah. Still early, but it could be their season. You never know. <laughs> <coughs> Can we talk about Arthur Boric getting beaten by uh, Asmir Begovic, please? <laughs> that was bizarre, wasn't it? For a second, I, I wondered whether it had, like, w- w- I had to watch it when it bounced again to see if it hadn't like hit like one of the sprinklers or something. <laughs> it took a hell of a bounce. Yeah, but Boric's positioning. I, I, well, to be fair, he was, probably wasn't expecting a shot from their goalkeeper in after 13 seconds, but kind of you can see it coming. It's it's quite nice and gentlemanly when you can see um, when you can see Begovic not not willing to celebrate. Mm. He's just he, he feels kind of bad for his opposite number. 
It must have been enjoyable to see, Tom. Oh, very enjoyable being a Pompey youngster scoring against Southampton. It's always good when it's a goalkeeper. <laughs> I forgot he played for Pompey, didn't he? Yeah. It was. But um, that was... It was some, some, some beautiful play from Southampton mm. for, for that goal. It, it was very well worked. Um, I, I had them done to beat Stoke. I'm, I thought they perhaps would have, would have got another, but perhaps the testing conditions had, had something to do with that. Are Stoke in danger this season? They've got nine points at the minute. They're only one point out of the bottom three. I don't think... Not for me. I think I've... It feels like we say this every year. There's enough teams who will, will queue up ahead of them mm. to try to go down. But There's only two me. relegation spots left, really, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, Palace have uh, sewn one up, really. Oh, I thought you were talking about Sunderland, so maybe there's only one. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, there's already... what Palace have got a, a six-point gap to Cardiff. Just out of the playoff, uh, the relegation places. Sunderland have only got one point more than Palace. So yeah. There was a there was a, the stat about how the the Premier League table looked has started really changed with this weekend. I think there's there's now a clear sort of breakaway between that that top seven, whereas before it was something like there was like four points covering like sixteen positions or something like that. Mm. That's that's not the case anymore. There's there's a definite group. How did uh, how did Super Sunday go this week? Well, it sounds a bit. I'm glad I was at work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, if I if I'm honest, I didn't think that the um, the Everton Spurs game was was a bad game. It was well, definitely a game of two halves, and Tottenham had all the first half, and Everton had all the second half, really. Well, I wouldn't say we had all of the second half. I'd say we had a lot more of a second half than we did mm. in yeah, the first. So. Um, we still had a lot to to do. It was the referee, Kevin Friend. He had a great game. Kevin Friend, it was a appalling game. <laughs> he, he, it, just in the, the massive contentious decisions, I'd say in, in the first half, he set some, for me, some some very low precedence for what a yellow card was. Mm. Um, he gave a yellow card to Tim Howard for dissent where I didn't think there was a, an awful lot there but you're, you're giving that one fair play you want to, you don't want any of it yeah. and you've you've set a marker I, I respect that but he then gave one to, to James McCarthy for, for what was just a just a challenge a challenge that had gone, gone wrong it was a foul there was no need to book him mm. and the worst one was Lukaku's one it was yeah it was there's no a... way that was a that was how, just much like Paul McShane's in the in the whole Sunderland game. Mm. It was it was just a challenge. It was just two players going for the ball. Yeah, it was just and... a man running and another man sliding into his knee. Yes, yeah. with his face. <laughs> Lukaku did absolutely nothing wrong with that and came off worse. Yet still got booked. Yeah, it's, it's like in The Simpsons and Hugo Lloris has gone, I'm going to put my face here and if your knee hits it, <laughs> that's your fault. I didn't see the, the Tottenham uh, penalty shout, but the Everton one, that was a definite penalty. Yeah, Tottenham one was a penalty as well. Was it? Mm. I think so. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, generally not, I'm generally not sure. I don't, what, I, what I really dispute is the, the word definite penalty that was being banded around with the, that one yeah by the Coleman Vertigan yeah Co- Coleman yeah. on um, Vertonghen and the, the pundits 
and in the commentators going around going, that's a definite penalty, 100% penalty. It, for me, it just wasn't. It, for me, it wasn't a penalty, but I can see what if it had been given as a penalty, I'd, I wouldn't be happy, but I, I wouldn't be furious. Yeah, they've, they've seen them happen before. Yeah, but it definitely wasn't a 100% penalty. <laughs> the Everton one, on the other hand, definitely was. Yeah, luckily, Jamie Carragher's now got something to a reference point. <laughs> Next time someone goes, Jamie, what does an, an absolute stonewall penalty look like? He can go, this. Yeah. He, he stopped him shooting. He took his knee out from behind. But I think because he got the shot off in the end, referee went, yeah, all right, you've had a shot, you're not getting a penalty. And it's, it's a chronic problem in the game that referees aren't willing to give decisions unless players go down. Mm. And for me, that's one of the things that just lends itself to players uh, over-exaggerating yeah. uh, contact. When the, there's genuine contact there and they've been fouled, but people get angry at the theatrics and the rolling away and the way that some players' legs will go dead mm. straight and they'll just hit the ground. But referees don't don't give those those fouls unless players do that. I uh, think you're right. I think that there's a genuine argument referees are forcing players' hands in that situation. But in in the second game, that was the <laughs> the Wales derby <laughs> in the English Premier League. It's confusing. Stay stick, stay with me. <laughs> uh, I don't know a... about you guys. It wasn't as feisty to a B. No, I don't think it was either. It was. I, I, I don't know. It wasn't really. It wasn't a great game, certainly. I thought it was going to be exciting. I thought there was going to be blood and thunder. And didn't did Angel Rangel end up in goal? I heard. <laughs> yeah, that's always great, isn't it? Outfield player in goal. It's always fun. He made as many saves as Vorm and Lloris did today as well. So, did Vorm get sent off or injured or um, sent off? Yeah. Yeah. Clear, for me, that was a, a clear red card. I don't, or another thing that annoys me is just commentators and pundits who just don't know the rules of the game. Mm. Like there was a moment in match of the day when they were talking about the, I don't know who was the person um, committing the foul, but it was the foul on Adam Johnson from the yeah. whole player. And he's there going from the letter of the law is he's both feet off the ground. You tell me where that is in the rules. <laughs> And, I, I, and I'll, I'll give you an underquote. I'm, I'm sure there's nowhere in the rules where it says, well, if both feet leave the ground, that, that's one of the things that might lead you to your definition of a reckless challenge, because you could argue that you're not in control, but there's no, no, that is not the part of it that results in, yeah. in a challenge being a red card. And Alan Shearer just needs to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think this is the part, part of the show that we're all really looking forward to. Adam, we've got to talk about the Football League now. Well, this is going to be difficult for me. I'm just going to have to leave it to you, Russ. You're going to have to do this bit because I don't even know the team names, never mind <laughs> who they were playing against. I'll let you hand it over to Colin. He's been quiet for a while. Go for it, Colin. Okay, well, where do we want to start? Um, perhaps the first place to start is uh, top of the table... Burnley's clash. Yeah, two true with Millwall. Yeah, uh, Millwall were two nil up as well. Yeah, um, before Burnley managed to claw it back. 
Um, Shane Lowry with the own goal to get the equaliser. He's an absolute liability, that man. He scored more than one own goal already this season and been sent off more than once. (laughs) Absolutely. I guess, uh, as well, one of the other standout results was uh, Watford nil, Leicester 3. I think on the podcast here, you know, we've always raved about Watford and how maybe, you know, following last season when they went so close that this season was going to be the one. Mm. Leicester are high flying at the moment and, yeah, 3-0 win. Yeah, Watford are only above us. Yeah, let's I did flatter a little bit because I think Watford were better than 3-0 losing. Mm. I guess maybe Watford knew it wasn't going to be their day right from the off because the first goal, a ball was passed to to Watford's keeper, Almunia. Um, not under any pressure or anything like that. Kicks it to clear it. Um Hits Chris, hits Chris Wood full in the face <laughs> and the ball ricochets into the net. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've never seen anything like it. Um, and Chris Wood will never score another goal um, like that one. Um, but when, when you see that sort of thing happen, you must think, right, OK, this is not our day. Yeah, that's early on as well. It's only going to get worse. But Leicester have got a very good team for the Championship. Very Leicester, good in there. Leicester should be doing well, I think. Uh, to be honest, Ross, um, Leicester have spent big. And I think, personally, knowing the financial fair play constraints on the championship, um, if Leicester don't get promoted, mm. I think they're going to come a cropper uh, with financial fair play because you're not telling me with that squad that they've got that they're not going to make a £3 million loss, which is what the uh, financial fair play remit is, if you like. Mm. Um in a very simplified way. There's, there's other uh, conundrums as well you can put into the financial fair play calculations, but um, yeah, Leicester's wage bill has to be very high. But David Nugent alone must be on a fair whack. He was on quite a big money at Pompey, Tom, wasn't he? Everyone was on a lot of money at Pompey. <laughs> fair point. They're Maybe all about... sayable assets, though. Kasper Schmeichel, a lot of Premier League teams were after in the summer. Um, you Anthony, make money Anthony Knockart as well. well yeah. He would He'll go for loads of money if they need it. Yeah, he's a standard. Danny Drinkwater's on loan as well, isn't he? He's not a, a permanent signing, is he yet? Uh, I think, think he's so. still on loan. And then yeah. Wes Morgan again. He's a an asset. I think a lot of teams would want. Yeah, Nugent and Wood as well. And Dyer has got yeah. pace, but probably the quickest yeah. man in the championship. It's quite a weird thing to say, but I think there's five or six teams in the championship that are, that are better than a few of the teams in the Premiership. I mean, I you'd back teams like QPR. Um, Watford, Leicester, to give the Premiership a better go than Sunderland and Palace are this season. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. That's a really good point. Yeah. Well, how did QPR get on, Chris? You're a QPR fan, aren't you? Uh, yes, they are. They, um, they beat Judas-led um, Steve McLaren's team, <laughs> Derby County 2-1. I think, to be fair, I think Derby made a good go of it. And... Um, uh, but I think two was probably the sort of correct scoreline. But I think we needed a win because mm. following the draw to Millwall, um, there was a nil-nil with Wigan, and then I think they lost as well last time they played as well. So I think this this sort of this result has been coming. A bit or of wobble. Not, not been coming, but needed to be coming. I think they've lost second place to Leicester. Burnley they lost two last week. I think that's where it, the, yeah. the defeat was. And I think they needed this to sort of um, get themselves back on track a bit. There was a 
absolute miraculous uh, occurrence in this game, wasn't it, Tom? The uh, Derby goal scorer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've even forgotten he scored. That's how forgettable he is. <laughs> the 25-year-old Tottenham player who's been there for 10 years and never played a game. <laughs> scored a goal for Derby. Simon Dawkins, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Somehow still a professional footballer. Yeah. Although does it count as being a professional footballer if you're not actually doing anything? <laughs> Just turn up for training each day. Winston <clears throat> Bogard made a pretty good fit. <laughs> I think after the game as well, Steve McLaren made a good point, which is that QPR have the best team or best roster of players in the championship. And he should know. He used to work for them. <laughs> um, so, and I think he's got a point. Um, so it's always going to be tough like for, for Derby, to, yeah, for for Derby to get a result um, against QPR. Yeah, one one I really didn't see coming. Sheffield Wednesday five, Reading two. What the hell? Reading have been going all right this season, but Sheffield Wednesday it's their first win of the season. They're the last football league team or Premier League team to not uh, to record a win, and they've got five past Reading. How how much do you think this is because Dave Jones is on the very edge? I, I think he's not a million miles away from getting the sack, uh, Chef Wednesday, and maybe this was his sort of rallying cry, saying, come on, do it for me. <laughs> um, I don't know why they want to. Yeah, that would have inspired major performance. But, yeah, I, I tell you what, that's kept Dave Jones in a job. <laughs> uh, well, Leeds had a good win, didn't they, kind of? They did indeed. Um, it took a little while to break Yeovil down, um, but Ross McCormack came up with two good goals. Um, well, one good goal. The second one, the Yeovil keeper dived out of the way of the shot. He dived before McCormack had even got the ball. I, I think the keepers in that situation has got to go one way or the other. He's, he's got to he's got to make a decision. He could be a hero if he, he actually saved it, mm. but. Um, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, though. Um, Wayne Hennessy in goal for the Oval. I thought he was still at Wolves. Sorry. I mean, ju- just from that match, what I would say is, and sometimes, Ross, you're a little negative on Leeds United. Um, <laughs> I think there is a pattern at Leeds now, and I think Leeds have devised an albeit very strange formation, but one that works at home. Um, and... Leeds are now playing in, a, in an attacking style where they're scoring goals. Uh, I think I think they're always liable to concede, but I think there's serious talent there. Um, and, and this is the week where I think uh, Brian McDermott was on the uh, Footballers Football Show, is yeah. it, on, on Sky? Yeah. Uh, where he was put in a rather awkward position when he was talking about what sort of discussions he had with his chief scout um, when he replied, we don't have one. Um, so uh, that's something that Ken removed, uh, as well as a lot of other things at Leeds. Um, but no, I, I think there's a bit of a momentum again about Leeds. And uh, I think Leeds are there or thereabouts, you know, um, only three points off the playoffs. I don't think you could argue that Leeds would uh, qualify automatically, but I think if Leeds are you know, they're in the running towards the end of the season. You know, Brian McDermott, I think, is a better manager than a lot in the championship. And I think he could give uh, give it a go. The, the position of the table 
surprises me because we are the most consistently inconsistent team in the whole football league, I think. How did Pompey get on this weekend, Tom? They won. (laughs) It was almost a convincing victory. (laughs) It was at one point, wasn't it? But then we remembered we were Pompey and we don't like to do it easy. (laughs) So we just thought, oh yeah, let 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 him score two. Just make it a bit interesting. Ryan Bird. Ryan Bird, yeah. Wow. Who couldn't couldn't even get in the Havana Waterloo team when he was on loan there <laughs> earlier this season? His first ever first ever start in the football league as well. He nice. scored he scored forty five goals for uh, Burnham uh, in the league last year. That was in the league uh, below Gosport. <laughs> Natural goal scorer. <laughs> was that the first goal? That was like the ghost of Matt Taylor returned, wasn't it? Oh, that was uh, no, that was um, that was Ricky Holmes. I don't think he meant it though. <laughs> He is a good player, Ricky Holmes. Proper winger, isn't he? Yeah. Well, you're, you're currently 16th, but you're only uh, six points off third. So. Yeah. Well, I don't think you can really take much into that into the <laughs> table at the moment. No. Give it a few more. Give it a couple more months, and it might spread out a bit. Is is League Two the craziest league? I mean, between first and 16th, which is where you guys are, Portsmouth. There's eight points. Between seventeen teams, I mean it, or sixteen teams, it, it's crazy. I mean yeah. everything is so tight in that league. Any, any, anyone's got a chance. When we played, when we played uh, Rochdale, mm. uh, who were on, who'd their their form was they'd won seven out of eight, and the only game they lost was to us, and we beat them three 0 and they were possibly the worst team I've ever seen at Fratton Park. <laughs> and two weeks later, they were top of the league. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. They're currently fourth, but they could be top again after Tuesday games. Or <coughs> Right, so with the end of that, that debacle, <laughs> now time for, for the betting corner. Um, I'm not going to read out the scores because they just depress me. <laughs> um, we just read out your score. <laughs> Mine is 130, is it? So, so we'll start with James's bet. Um, Ross, what have you got for him? Um, it's not really his fault he's not here this week. His laptop's kind of died on him. So I've been... Fairly generous. Uh, Millwall are playing Bolton away next weekend, uh, so I've just gone for a Millwall win. And if that comes in, it's a thirty-eight pound return. Oh, we should have gone with big money so we could get himself a new laptop with the winnings. <laughs> well, big money. Well, we've gone big money for Greg. Do you want me to do Greg's now as well? Right, have you gone for Greg as well? Have you? Yeah, let's go for Greg's then. This one's slightly less generous because he's got no real reason not to be a part of new work, but that's not really important. That's no, there's no such thing. Exactly. Uh, he's, <laughs> on minus, he's on minus Don't... forty. You don't do work in November, do you? <laughs> well, he's currently on minus 40, and his bet this week is uh, a Rail Salt Lake victory away at uh, LA Galaxy. Uh, Wellington Phoenix to beat uh, Melbourne Victory, I think, some Australian team. And Victoria Plezan to beat uh, Bayern Munich at home in the Champions League. If that comes in, Greg, £4,441 will be your return. <laughs> <laughs> so good luck <laughs> and Ross your own bet uh, yeah my own bet um, I've gone for some Champions League games I've gone for Man City PSG Bayern Munich and Atletico Madrid all to win all massive favourites um, I've added in Wolves to win in League 1 and Rangers to win in the Scottish League 1 and uh, that would give me a £33 return yeah, I didn't really have any preparation time to get this bet ready, so I just picked three random games out of the championship and put both teams to score. 
And uh, three games of Derby, Sheffield Wednesday, Burnley, Bournemouth and Blackpool, Ipswich. And £10 will return 53. That's pretty good, that one, I think. And for you, Colin? Well, yeah, first of all, da-da-da. Another team just uh, diddled me out of my uh, £54 winnings last week. Uh, you got which to blame for that. Which was, uh, yeah... Stoke Southampton being a draw, otherwise uh, a man would have come in. But uh, undeterred, um, quite straightforward and simple. Um, Scottish League One, um, I'm going for a Rangers double. So Rangers are playing Dunfermline uh, midweek and they're also playing uh, Adrianians at the weekend. So I've gone for uh, Rangers to win both of those. And uh, in the Scottish Premiership, I've gone for Celtic to beat Ross County. Very slim winnings, I'm afraid. £10 returns £17.69. You just want to get a win, don't you? <laughs> I am. I just feel so bad when one lets me down. So I'm <laughs> trying to desperately hope that um, these are going to come in. I've also gone for um, for games, Champions League games like Ross. Many of the same. I've gone for Man City to beat CSKA. Uh, Bayern Munich to beat Victoria Pleznan. Um uh, what else did you go for? I've gone for Atletico Madrid and Austria, to beat Austria Vienna as well. Um, I've also gone for FC Basel to beat Stabag Rest, Chelsea to beat Schalke and Napoli to beat Marseille. And if those six games come in, my bet returns £43 and a penny. Time for some ballers now. And now it's time for football's biggest quiz. It's ballers. New quiz comes to football's biggest conversation. Man on the Post presents Ballers. The Man on the Post hosts will have to think fast on their feet in this game. They will answer rapid fire questions in the first round to accumulate points to be used in the Super Showdown. Expect sweat and tears, and probably arguments. Exclusive to Man on the Post. This is Ballers. Okay, so, two rounds, as always. The rapid fire round, followed by the super showdown. First round, we're going to be going through all of the Man on the Post team asking them individual questions and second round they're going to have to work together in the Super Showdown this week we're going to go in reverse alphabetical order Ooh. so uh, Tom you get to start this time yay lucky devil so the order this time round is going to be Tom then Chris then Adam we have three minutes for the first round uh, producer Ross do we have Three minutes on the Super Sop Watch. <laughs> we do indeed. Fantastic. Uh, and we're going to give two points per correct answer. Wow. So one answer, correct answer equals two points. Okay, so Tom, the time will start as soon as I've asked the first question. So here goes. Tom, which Portsmouth player won the club's Player of the Year award last season. Was it Ertel or Rocha? It was Ricardo Rocha, I believe. No, it was uh, Johannes Ertel. Okay. 
Chris, the Pope was presented with a football shirt last week, but which team's shirt was it? Was it a Sunderland shirt, a Newcastle shirt, or a Middlesbrough shirt? Sunderland. It was a Sunderland shirt, correct. Adam, name four of the seven teams that have never been relegated from the Premier League. Everton. Yep. Arsenal. Yep. Manchester United. Yep. And Liverpool. Correct. You could have also had Spurs, Villa, Chelsea. Tom, which Everton player has scored more Premier League goals? Francis Jeffers or Victor Anachebe? Uh, Francis Jeffers. It is Francis oh, Jeffers with 18. Had to be an answer. <laughs> Chris, how many Premier League goals have Southampton conceded this season? Three, four or five? Four. It is four. Adam, who is West Ham's number nine? Andy Carroll or Carlton Cole? Andy Carroll. It is Andy Carroll. Tom, who was the last player to wear the number nine shirt for Leeds United in the Premier League? Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank or Mark Viduka? I hope it's Mark Viduka so he can play the song again. <laughs> it, is, it is Mark Viduka. Chris, David Beckham is planning to set up a, a new MLS club, but in which American city? Miami. Correct. Adam, Brooklyn Beckham, son of David, was being assessed by which Premier League club this week? Chelsea Manchester United oh, broken the chain Tom who is the manager of Burnley um, gravel lungs uh, Sean Dyke <laughs> it is Sean Dyke uh, Chris how many teams are unbeaten in the top four English divisions that's Premier League and the Football League two none uh, Adam in the 20. 20- in the 2010 England World Cup squad, Fabio Capello took four strikers. Wayne Rooney and Jermaine Defoe were two of them. Name me one of the other two strikers. Um, Jesus. Um, See, uh, he wasn't Ro- there. Rooney, <laughs> he was injured. Defoe. Met his arsenal. Darren Bent. No, no, almost definitely not. No, you could have had Peter Crouch or Emil Heskey. Tom, how many games has the best midfielder in Europe, Mr. Aaron Ramsey, played for Arsenal? Is it 100, 114 or 120? 114. It is, correct. Chris, how many Welsh players played in today's all-Welsh Premier League clash? One, three or five? Three. It is three, correct. Mm, you got that one out just in time. Do you want to give him another question? <laughs> yep, okay. On, so this one's for you, Adam. Which team has scored in every one of the Premier League games this season? Is it Arsenal, Chelsea or Manchester City? Arsenal. It is Arsenal, correct. Wow, what a performance. Uh, you guys, personal best, that. it really that is. is good. Uh, you answered fifteen questions, and you got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven questions correct. That is definitely a personal best. So you got twenty-two points. 
22 points to play with, guys. Tremendous. <laughs> okay, so that moves us on to the Super Showdown then. So, Tom, Chris, Adam, you're going to have to work as a team to uh, calculate this. It's a maths question. Yeah. <laughs> this is where Tom and I come into our own. So, so this is the point where you might want to grab a piece of paper and a pen. I'm already prepared, Colin. Don't worry. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Chris, I've got the maths. calculator. So, I have a GCSE in maths. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like you for the Super Showdown to calculate this following maths question. I've okay. had nothing to do with this, all right? So it is what it is. Okay, so here goes. I want you to tell me, first of all, the number of Premier League or First Division titles won by Manchester United and Liverpool, plus the number of goals that Manchester City put past Norwich this weekend, plus the number on Frank Lampard's England shirt, plus the age of Sir Alex Ferguson. Time starts now. Manchester United is 20, Liverpool is 18, Man City scored 7, Lampard wears 8, and Ferguson is 71. Jesus Christ. Oh, right? okay. That's... <laughs> I can't, I, but like I said, I don't have a GCSE in maths. So I can't add all those together. So we've got seventy-one. Let go. Seventy-one plus eight plus seven plus twenty plus eighteen no, equals two hundred thirty-two. It's a, no, that's probably about How is it two hundred thirty-two? Maybe I cut. Hold on, let's try again. Seventy-one <laughs> plus twenty. We've got this kind of time. We can take this. Someone in the office. No, you can't play with. Not allowed out. <laughs> Plus seven, plus eight. I must think they've got been, a dodgy calculator. Must have been circuitry. That's 124. I'm sure it's either 71 or 72 or something like that. You've got two points like, to play with. How many points like, to play with? If we say like 120 and then go like 20 up. Or got, yeah, 22 points to play with. You've got 30 seconds to decide. Yeah, let's do that, shall we? I'm with Tom. Do we just chill out for the next 30 seconds? <laughs> Celebrating our victory. Some sums and let's calculate and fix them. Ross, I, th- I think at, Ross, what I think at this point, eight thousand and eight look like upside down on a calculator. <laughs> <added? laughs> it's an iPhone that's different. Oh, and that is your time up. <laughs> if it's wrong, I'm oh. very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are you going for, guys? You got a twenty-two point range. So we're going for one hundred twenty. One hundred twenty with our rate and above. Yeah. Okay, so you are correct if you are within 120 and 142. Okay, so you're absolutely right. Manchester United won 20. Liverpool won 18 titles. The goals that Man City put past Norwich is uh, seven. The number on Frank Lampard's shirt is absolutely, it's number eight. And uh, the age of Sir Alex Ferguson is 71 which gives you 124 which is exactly what you said Chris <laughs> right from the off we get bonus <laughs> coming in here ruining our games sorry <laughs> have you seen the answers <laughs> <laughs> I'm rain man <laughs> well that's tied it up it's 7-7 seven, seven. Fantastic work, guys. I, I thought you might struggle a little bit with Alex Ferguson, possibly Frank Lampard. Um, 
but tremendous effort and especially to you Chris you, you got the number spot on 124 so yeah a defeat for me but uh, congratulations to the man on the post team so as always join us again same place same time next week for ballers same podcast <laughs> <laughs> Same laptop, same, same headphones. headphones. <laughs> <laughs> so, with, with the, the end of Ballers, that brings an end to this week's Man on the Post podcast. Um, just like to s- say thank you to Chris for joining us. It's been our thank pleasure. You thank you for having me. You're welcome back anytime, Chris. Yeah, thank you. Not to play Ballers, though. <laughs> <laughs> You've kind of taken the fun out of it. <laughs> well, to be fair, I had a bit of a... Ball as big, so um, I've made up for it. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> With that, is it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from Colin. Goodbye. Goodbye from Tom. Goodbye. Goodbye from Ross. Yeah. Goodbye from Chris. Goodbye. And always remember to have your man on the post. Unless it's John Joe Shelby because he did really badly. <laughs> I think we, the, what we need to maybe do is change that to always make sure you have the right man on the post. <laughs> Only 130. Yeah. Did you Don't... win a bet last year either? <laughs> yeah, I won loads of bets. <laughs> you won loads of bets for other people last week, uh, last year. As yeah. Well. <laughs> Get off my case. Well, James won last week. James is currently top of the table. Yeah. So do you want to do you want to give us a bet? What's that noise? I don't know, Chris. Are you is your dog oh. playing with a squeaky toy? <laughs> yes, he is. Sorry. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I thought because I got my headphones in you wouldn't hear it sorry <laughs> that's going in the Christmas bit <laughs> <laughs>